Have you ever been kicked in the noogies, smacked in the dingleberries, gotten the family jewels crushed, gotten your lizard stepped on, nailed in the nards? If the answer is yes, you know the unbearable groin pain some might describe as the equivalent to giving birth to 10 40-pound babies in one day. While some flat girther theorists may say this is unavoidable, here at Ballbusters, we have a simple solution. No more pain. How is this possible, you may ask? Well, let's start with an anatomy lesson. When you get kicked in the nethers, your body releases substance P. P is short for pain, pain. But thanks to our extensive research on humpback whales, we have found that repeated strikes to the gonad results in less and less substance P being released, and therefore, less pain. After about one to 2,000 good old-fashioned groin kicks, your pain will go from giving birth to those 40-pound babies to dropping a rabbit turd. So head on over today and use the promo code THESENUTS for your first 100 groin kicks free. No cuts, no butts, just a few good kicks in the nuts. Hit in, hurry in now and get a head start on life without pain. And we're back with Brews and Reviews. I'm Jake and Cole, and we do not have Dylan or Joel because without Star Wars, they're pretty much useless anyways. Uh, we want to talk about, we're getting back in the MCU today, Guardians volume, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Now, the MCU has, let's say, been a bit of a tire fire as of late. We have No Way Home and everything else has been either mediocre or less than mediocre. Nothing like Thor, Love and Thunder, Doctor Strange 2, nothing. It feels like the MCU is kind of losing its way. And then this movie came along. Always have high hopes because James Gunn, even though he had a, a little scandal where he said something when he was like, I guess, 21 on Twitter and they canceled him a decade later. I don't know. Weird. But they did get him back for Guardians 3. And we got this movie. And this is what I feel is James Gunn's send off for the MCU. Like, this is his trilogy. And I'm happy to say this is a great movie. Yeah, and you hate to have movies that kind of peter out by the third one. You know, like mm-hmm. you have like a good origin story and then you like do something with the second one and then the third one you're like, eh, it was okay, like a X-Men Apocalypse. Like, not mad at it, but definitely didn't add yeah, anything we, we to the other We watched that movie two. in the old, uh, what theater did we see that in? That was like Small Town, Minnesota. Um, it was either Marshall or Redwood. Either way, it's forgettable. <laughs> but yeah, the movie, but... the movie that that's a great example. That movie did not make me mad, but it was like, eh, we had Days of Future Past and First Class before this. This is kind of like less than the standard I expect from X-Men at this point. Yeah, and so that's kind of what I was expecting going in as far as like, it's really hard to make three good movies. And then when I watched it, I was like, damn. Like, no, like you stuck the landing as far as, is it... It's different than the other movies. It has a little bit of a different tone. There's some different things, but it's very <laughs> satisfying. Tone. It it hits all the points that like you want to hit like on a send off. Yeah, and is this movie perfect? No, but it shows it, it showed me that the MCU is still capable of putting out quality films. Except the and, one guy that is capable of it is leaving for DC. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you always have the MCU always has Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, No Way Home. This this has been the first movie where I left the theater and I was like, "Yeah, we wanted that." I haven't seen Ant Man, Quantumanium yet. It's on Disney Plus, and I've heard such horrible things. I've just kind of been waiting, and at some point, I'm just probably going to watch it. Um, Ant Man. But- oh wait, we can do a podcast on that later. But like, I did watch it where. 
And I haven't seen Wakanda forever either, so I don't know where those stack up yet. Ant-Man was just like a meh. Like, Ant-Man was kind of meh in the MCU. Well, but anyway. Ant-Man was always kind of meh, but the first two were entertaining enough where I'm like, oh yeah. The, like, and so spot. I'm saying, like, it was probably a little step down from there, but it wasn't like you, like, Thor Love and Thunder was rough for me because you had a really good, like, Thor Ragnarok, and then it, like, went so far down where if that would have been like an Ant-Man movie, I wouldn't have been as mad at it, and that's kind of what Quantumania was. Like, it wasn't a great movie, but it's not like the other Ant-Man movies were stellar, so I wasn't particularly mad at it. Well, and that's why I, I've been kind of hesitating. And Wakanda Forever, like, I wanted, I, wanted to, I wanted to see it in the theaters. I was not able to see it in the theaters because of kids and stuff, and I just couldn't find the time to find it in the theaters. But I also, and now I'm kind of like almost at the point where I want to wait for it to settle. Like, because we know that Chad, uh, Chadwick, um, passed away and he was a great Black Panther. I mean, we have our thoughts on the original Black Panther movie and that's a tough hurdle to overcome regardless. Like you're in a, almost a no win scenario. I've heard pretty good things about it, but I really want to kind of let a lot of stuff pass, but Thor Love and Thunder for me, um, that was a hard one because Thor Ragnar, cause Thor 2 is one of my, you know, this least favorite mcu films like it is terrible to me it's terrible i even rewatched it recently because i gave it a chance first time in 10 years still just as bad thor ragnarok was something like oh you guys can do like like because even the original thor wasn't anything special but it got the point across it's like, okay we're introducing thor not mad at it thor 3 was a game changer it's like oh you're gonna do like you're going to bring the Hulk into this, you're going to have Planet Hulk, and you're doing all this fun stuff. I'm like, this is awesome. And the same director had the movie for Thor Love and Thunder, and that was, it had good moments, but it was flawed immensely. It was flat. Like, it, yeah, like any of this, like, but this is, I'm going to get into the Guardians 3. As much as I love, like, Guardians 1, 2, and 3, I think is a great trilogy. I do. Um, but just like Spider-Man 3, where I'm a defender of it, I feel like this movie had some flaws, MCU flaws, that kind of reared its ugly head a little bit, but it never took me out of the movie. It never was at a point where I was like, oh, I'm mad at this movie. Like Thor Love and Thunder did, and Doctor Strange too. Like, I never felt like it betrayed what this movie was trying to do. And for the most part, like, I need to have a good second viewing because there's always those times where you watch a movie yeah. and it you it just hits you just right at the time. Then you watch it again. You're like, nope, that was not as good as I thought it was. But like, I enjoyed this Rise movie. Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, Rise of Skywalker. Oh my gosh. But we have um, we're gonna have to revisit that one, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> but this movie, like, I was very satisfied. It wasn't perfect, but there wasn't stuff that made me mad. There wasn't stuff that left me like, why couldn't you just like spend a little more time on this or do that like to me this like they accomplished what they were going for yes and they did a, a good send-off for these characters and like whether they go on like they left it kind of a little bit open-ended at the end will they do more will they not um there like i said there's a couple like that more mcu shows and movies have been showing like just it seems like lack of detail but you can definitely tell that james gunn had a story to tell and we have been clamoring as avid mcu fans who've been around since you know iron man like we've been wanting something that like was not just passable but like 
got us like I teared up twice in this movie. Like something that hit you emotionally, like since No Way Home. Because No Way Home was the last one and we watched that in the theater together. And I was like, this is like, oh man, the MCU still got it. And went through this time. So I don't know like you're right. Second viewing. I should watch it a second time. I think we maybe were a little bit blinded by because the more I thought about it, I'm like, ah, I actually I do have a couple issues, but this movie hit the emotional scenes fantastically for the most part. And you can definitely tell that James Gunn cared about these characters from Jump Street since Guardians One. And like they did a like it's a it's a proper send-off at the end of the day for him letting go of the reins of the Guardians. Like I thought it was well done and it did its job. I have a hot take for you. All right, I, I have a hotter one, but start with your hot. Okay, my hot take is this is a top two Marvel trilogy. <laughs> That's not even that hot of a take. Okay, so obviously we 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 talked about in Spider December. Um, I'm a avid. I think Spider Man Three was a, a proper send off as well. It has its flaws. So what do you rank above it? I'm not sure it's two, but I'm saying it's a guaranteed two, and it might not be two. Because to me, Captain America, this is probably where we differ the most, Captain America 1 was weaker than any Guardians movie, and Captain America 3 I didn't care for. I thought that was... I, I think Captain America was shockingly good when it came out. And I have rewatched it. Like I rewatched all the pre-Avengers movies before uh, the first Avengers and Age of Ultron. Um, so it's been, it's been a while, but, um, I feel like Captain America did a really good job for what it was given. Cause it, it like the star spangled man with a plan, how are you going to make this believable? And I think they did the best job. I they think could. it was good. I'm saying, but winter, but winter soldier and civil war, like you can take the, the first movie did what it was supposed to do. Okay. But it is rephrase Guardians of the galaxy, top trill, top MCU trilogy. There we go. Hotter take. It got hotter. Yes. We're heating up over here. Okay, because Captain America, again, it's not that it wasn't good, but I loved Guardians of the Galaxy, one of my favorite MCU movies. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was like just a hair below that. And to me, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was probably a hair below the first one and a hair above the second one. Like it was like right in there. I think Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is the weakest. When I put my thought into and I was texting you about this. I think it is the weakest and the one that has the most things I can pick at. But yeah, it is a very solid trilogy. Like, you're not going to be disappointed, I feel, at the end of it. Um, but there there were some problems, and I, I, I would like to get it. Like, we're talking about hot takes and hotter takes. Let's go to the hottest. Um, there were times in this movie... Now, James Gunn was the director, but James Gunn was also the only writer. Now, if you notice about the other two Guardians films... James Gunn was a co-writer on those two films. Um, James Gunn literally had free reign to do. Basically, Disney was probably like, "Hey, we're really sorry, we like we canceled you, and uh, you're actually kind of cool. And uh, can you please come back?" There were times that, as much as this movie hit the emotional punches in the right way, there were that MCU humor that unfortunately has infiltrated a lot of it that took me out of some moments that I felt were unnecessary. Like one of my best examples is like when they're, they're outside the base or whatever, and they're all in their spacesuits. 
which why they're all different colors, I'll never know. But <laughs> they go in there and like Star Lord's having like you you can feel that emotional connection with Gamora, and we know what's happened since Endgame. And um, he was talking to her, and he's like, "Oh no, this is all the comms. Though you you hit the button for all the comms, and it did this kind of like little shtick that like it's completely counterintuitive for <laughs> if you're just trying to talk to her." That was a big moment for me that took me out of it. I'm like, he didn't like he was given some heartfelt stuff, and I don't think that humor was necessary there. I don't think we needed to do that. Yeah. Like you needed a, and there was a lot of there was probably about five of those moments where it's like, okay, this is a serious moment. Can we not break with a joke, please? But I Can do we- feel like in the defense of Guardians of the Galaxy, like. Guardians of the Galaxy was kind of the MCU humor. Because I remember when we first watched that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, went, I went with my friends and they're like, this isn't a Marvel movie. Like, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense with the rest of whatever. Guardians of the Galaxy is too funny. I'm like, no. no. Like, and it I, think, I think the first one was and absolutely so a comedy. I'm saying like, this is, Marvel took what James Gunn did and they've riffed it over and over and over again. So you're sick of it. But like, that it, it, it's not a bad thing by itself. It's just the fact that Marvel has overused what James Gunn did in Guardians of the Galaxy, and they've like repackaged that into all their other um, movies to add like the Marvel humor that you talk about. But that really came from Guardians of the Galaxy. Like more like if you, especially when you go back and watch Iron Man, Captain America, they had quips, but they they didn't undercut their serious moments. No, Thor two did that before Guardians came came out. And that was bad. I mean, they didn't do it well. I, you're right. And Guardians did a great job because it was such an insane premise from the, from Jump Street. Again, James Gunn knows how to take like the Suicide Squad. You know how to take this ragtag group and be like, hey, we're not going to take it too seriously. But here's the problem. The reason why it worked in the other two films, even though like we talked about like this, this has the darkest moments of the series. Like, absolutely. Like, there's like the... Um, the High Evolutionary is a fantastic villain. But they went on a darker tone. And the problem is is that when you go on that darker tone versus the other two films, and you still try to put in that humor at times where it's inappropriate, it takes you a little bit out of the moment. And that was my problem. It wasn't that like, – I agree, Guardians 1 and 2 absolutely had those moments. And, but it made sense. There were times where, like, we're supposed to feel and they had to throw in a joke. And I'm like, nope. You shouldn't have done that. You should have let it sit for a little bit. You should have let it sit. Now it's not like Thor two, where the point was like the entire climax, like the entire climax was completely a joke, even though it was supposed to be something serious. It never took me to that level. But there were more than a few times, like I said, I think there's around five I can name that I'm like, it's like you didn't want, you wanted to go dark, but you didn't want to commit. You had to like, oh, we're still kind of a comedy. Well, and that's, there was a tonal issue in some parts of this movie. To me, that's more about like balance because if you went super dark and you just had like a really dark story about them massacring raccoons and just kept it dark and there was no brevity, it would feel so different from the other Guardians of the Galaxy movies that like it wouldn't even fit the same trilogy. You'd get like, why is this like so different? Where to me, like you had to have some elements of that. Like Guardians of the Galaxy is a comedy action yes like primarily comedy in both of the first two ones like it's also action but like the whole point is like a funny setup there's always like funny things like um i would say 
Groot was not nearly as funny as he normally is. Because no, Groot was a badass though. <laughs> he was, but like Groot, ba- Groot was freaking awesome. Baby again, Groot. That's maturity. That's maturity of the characters wherever he came, and they chose. They chose to change the tone on this. They chose. Yeah. Like we're gonna, we're gonna, we're going to massacre a bunch of little cute babies of animals. Which um, do you do? You watch uh, um, Screen Rant's uh, pitch meetings. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it for this, but yes, I've watched those. <laughs> he's literally like, we're going to have this villain be hated immediately. <laughs> he's like, well, how are we going to do that? Steve Zoom's like, look at this. He's like a picture of a dog. He's like, oh, cute, a puppy. And he punches the paper. He's like, I'll kill you. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no, he's like, I'm going to nuke your house. And then I'm going to burn your mailbox. <laughs> like, he just freaks out. And he's like, no, this is what we're doing. He's like, oh, yeah, that's going to work. <laughs> Like, it's one of the best, like, if you haven't seen it, watch pitch meetings on this. They absolutely nail it, because you, like, these are the cutest, like, animals. Otter's one of my favorite animals, and you're like, oh, man, this this is terrible. And they went dark with it, but they changed the tone. That's what I'm saying, like, we've always had, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, where, guard, like, we had um his, um Peter Quill's father. Ego. Who, ego. I, I want to say Egon, but it was definitely not Egon. <laughs> um. But you have these, like, we talked about they had darker moments, but they started this dark quickly, and they the ones that completely changed the tone, and they still want to be like, no, we're still comedy, but it's like, yeah, but just commit to what you're doing. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, the other two Guardians films were comedy action. I totally understand that. But if you're going to make this darker, show the, show the source material, like your source material you're creating. The respect it deserves. Let these moments sink in a little bit, if you want to go that way. Yeah, and I to me it's it's about balance, and so like I didn't feel like I was taken out. Like I can see what you're saying, but I never, I never felt like it detracted from the movie, uh, because like those would be things that I would expect to see in the other two movies as well. But the other two movies didn't go to the like this is this is a rocket story period. Yeah, like. And this is something that was a long time coming. They hinted at it. There's a story to tell here. And I I felt like sometimes this stuff was not treated with the respect. Like, hey, like, this is some dark moments here. And, like, even with Peter Quill and Gamora, um, there was some good stuff there. But they kept, like, I, I'm really happy they didn't end. Um, spoiler alert. We're going to go into spoilers here. <laughs> um, I'm really happy how that relationship ended. Like, I thought that was awesome, how they didn't just fall back in love. She's like, you loved a different person to me, and I'm sure we were great. But th- she learned to respect him and respect the crew and everything else. There's a lot of good stuff. Uh, Drax has some great moments. But there was times that, like, hey, we're going to throw in a joke here because it's just too dark for Guardians. It's like, no, you. I think we would have accepted a darker tone and let us sit with the moments you left us because there's some very big, thought-provoking moments here. Yeah, but I don't feel like they undercut all of them. No, no, absolutely. That's why I said never took me out of the film, but that's why I rank it the least of the other two, which are fantastic movies. Yeah. Like, and, they started with such a dark tone with Rocket. They gave, like, such, like, hey, we're doing a whole different thing, but it felt like they were, they felt like James Gunn felt like he had to make it funny still. Because that's what Guardians is. And I think we're mature enough now. I mean, the original Guardians movie came out, what, 2012, 2013? Somewhere in there. I don't remember. Yeah. We're, 
looking at a decade. We're a decade past that. Like we've grown with these characters, and we're okay with you having a darker mood. And so I rank it the least, but this does not take away from the, like again. I'm giving some gripes, but this is a fantastic. Like it's an MCU return to form film. Like hey, you can still put out some awesome, thought provoking, cool stuff. Like well done. Um, I will say that my nightmares have been haunted forever by that bunny. <laughs> the one, the like one a with spider the bunny mouth. with the metal mouth. <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought he was just gonna play football. I thought he just had a mouth guard in. But they did a really good job with those scenes. Um. Like I said, like you're gonna punch a dog in the face. Like this guy abused the ammo. Now I do want to talk about a scene at the end. I how did this get a PG-13 rating? When they took um the high evolutionary's face off and they stuck on it, I'm like, dear God! <laughs> I didn't expect them to show it, but not only show it, they keep on it for a while. Like his face is burned into my nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Like I couldn't believe. It. I'm like, how did they get away with a PG-13 rating? Like, that is a brutalized face. Yeah, and right. you're just, you're holding on it. He's talking. He's giving whole scenes with it. It wasn't a quick cut. We're looking at this dude. I'm like, oh, Rocket done fucked this dude up. Yeah. No, and like, that. I don't know. I, I enjoyed, like, how they built all that in as far as Rocket. Not to go back to what we're actually looking ahead to what we're going to talk about because we're going to be talking about the movie Solo coming up here. And one of the yep, problems that I had with it is that one. they betrayed, to me, the, like Solo betrayed the character of Solo. Like, I, it really bothered me where I'm like this. You see Rocket as like kind of this like grouchy, jaded raccoon <laughs> that's just like, you know, again, he becomes part of the family, but he always has his issues. And then like this is like a perfect origin story where it makes sense. Like, He's this innocent. Yeah, every, everything makes sense. He's this innocent little raccoon that like has like the shade pulled out from under him. Where he's like, "Oh wow, actually, no, like nobody cares about me, and I'm just like a test subject." No, they didn't. And again, there was some of it that felt a little disjointed with the flashback with Rocket, because Rocket get hurt. Like, and I'm gonna get into Adam Warlock here in a second because. <laughs> You watched it before I did. I'm like, I'm really excited for Adam Warlock. Some of my other gripes with this movie because I don't think they had any idea what the hell they were doing with this dude. But Rocket, like Rocket, gets hurt almost immediately. Like first 10, 15 minutes of the film, yeah. and like it's a fetch quest. We got to figure out like, and we get to learn more about him. But it felt like the flashbacks. I almost think instead of jumping back and forth. They should have told Rocket's story in the beginning and then cut to where the Guardians were and go from there. Because I feel like sometimes the flashback felt a little jarring. I never thought that. I, As far as, to me, it would have been hard if you would have just started with this story. Because part of what you're getting is you're getting pieces of the puzzle along the way. So you're seeing the high evolutionary and you're seeing these different things. And then you're going to the flashback. So, like... The window of what you don't know is getting smaller and smaller and is leading you along. Where if you just start with the origin story, but you don't have any idea where it's going, then like you don't have that like kind of natural suspense built into the movie. Which I, I, I can understand that too, but like like 
even maybe like do the Adam Warlock thing right off the bat. He comes in, he messes people up, and then Rocket gets hurt, and then they go, they cut, and they do the whole scene. I just felt sometimes the flashbacks just felt a little bit more jarring to jump back to insert moments in this movie. Not a huge problem, but I think it could have been cleaned up a little bit better if they did it a different way. So Adam and, Warlock, I know nothing about. But yeah, okay, so, so, so Jake, Jake texted me and he's like, dude, like I'm so excited for Adam Warlock. And I'm like, ah, I knew I was screwed yeah. when you were just like, yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I'm like, I don't I'm know. I'm like, they, they definitely did my dude, my dude dirty. I don't know anything one. about him, but I know it was not done well. <laughs> no, and this is, I don't think Adam Warlock should have been in this film at all. I don't. Um, well, I think the actor that played him did a great job. And James Gunn I didn't like, want him in the film. Huh? James Gunn didn't want him in the film. This Weird is a, that they just let Marvel him be thing. in it. He said like it was, a, no, it was the hardest character the, to try to include. No, so James Gunn does not get off scot-free because whose idea was it for the post credit scene in Guardians of Galaxy 2 that introduced them? Who knows? Well, I don't know who did that, but they basically had to because like, oh, we promised. Yeah, uh, Adam Warlock was a waste of a. I liked what happened at the end with him. I thought that was cool, but this was such a waste of my time. This character, like in the beginning, I'm like, that's why I was like, why did why was Cole so silent? He was messing people up, and he was going after him, and he had a reason because he did he defiled like the entire thing or his mom's entire race in Guardians Two. It made a lot of sense, but again, this was a guy that seemed to just be there for like hey, I'm a child, and I'm going to make comedic things and make people laugh. He was a completely waste of a character. And that's what I will say about Guardians 1 and 2. I don't feel like there was any wasted characters. And Adam Warlock was absolutely wasted in Guardians 3. I get it. You put an end credit scene, and we you promised the fans. Just skip it at that point. You've done it before, Marvel. You didn't need to put him in here unless you had something to show him. Yeah. And yeah, that, that part, again, I had no expectations there, so I wasn't disappointed. But I'm like, if anybody wanted something out of this guy, they didn't get it. Yeah, no, and I, again, I, I know Adam Warlock from um, the Spider-Man animated series, which I grew up with. I'm, like, I just know what Adam Warlock is and what he's capable of. He was just kind of wasted, and you can tell, it's kind of like Venom in Spider-Man 3. You can tell he wasn't supposed to kind of be in that movie sam raimi was forced to have him and this felt exactly like spider-man 3 where it's like oh you really had no idea what to do with this dude but you promised him so therefore you had to give up yeah and you can you can feel that throughout this entire film except adam warlock did something like i i predicted this in the theater when <laughs> uh, i was watching with my buddy wakely and he's trying to escape the ship which by the way where's this helmet and jump boots they got he's he's had that in the other two movies why does he not have those on no, they got uh, his helmet got broken in uh the second movie oh he, he couldn't get a new one i don't know <laughs> but he like he goes to go back to get his zune and wakely's sitting there like oh they're not gonna kill him like no watch adam warlock's gonna save him because they gave him a second chance. I totally called it. And, and then they did the God and Adam picture thing with the fingers. You know, catch that? Yeah. And <laughs> it's like the whole Adam Eve thing. 
Um, it's sad I predicted that, but I'm like, oh, they just they saved me. Like, why did you save me? And he's like, because everyone deserves second chance. I'm like, and as soon as he's in his face and they started to do the whole thing they did, and again, that felt like reminiscent of Guardians 1 when he did that. It kind of felt like they're rehashing, but I'm like, oh, Adam Warlock's going to save him because he can breathe in space. We're good. And he did exactly that. I thought they should have killed him. I, they, if this movie would have the balls to kill Star-Lord right there, man. I'm like, this would be better than, I'm like, I can't believe you've done that. Like, I cannot believe you've done this. Yeah. Well, and, now what we really need, now that Star-Lord's on Earth, with his Earth dad, or Earth grandpa, what we need which is... Which again felt a little forced at the end. I didn't much care for that, because it wasn't really brought up before. Well, I don't feel... You know, it was brought up before. Uh, no, it was it was brought... Like, we saw the in Guardians 1, we saw that, but it was never... Like, it was never something that Peter Quill... Like, yeah, he was kind of running from stuff, but, like, he found a different family, and it kind of felt like, oh, you should... Like, Mantis... Which, by the way, shout out to Mantis. This is the best Mantis in the last two films. Mantis is freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I felt the grandpa storyline was kind of contrived. And I, again, like I didn't really much care. Like, it's cool that Peter Quill's going back. But because that wasn't really established, especially in the last movie, that like that was something he was running from. It did feel like a forced emotional punch. I mean, I thought the same thing about Yondu in the second one. But I, I, I guess I bought into that one. I didn't like, buy into that end. one. Like, he died, so then it's like, like, they never really played up, like, an actual, like, father-son relationship between them until, like, at the end of the second one. And so, to me, I didn't mind the grandpa one because it was, like, they weren't trying to pretend like his grandpa had, like, loved and cared about him so much all along. He's like, he just wants to go back to his roots and like, he's kind of starting over. Which again, is, I think it's a fine send off, but it wasn't something I was like emotionally invested. But I guess my point was, is now that he's on earth, let's just see like a fun heist on earth with Ant-Man and Star-Lord. Well, with James Gunn, I, I, I think this, I think the way this movie ended, I think we have, we understand where the characters are at, and yeah, you can you can you can dig back into that hole if you want to, but I'm okay with this being the end of the Guardians. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, and I get that. As far as I love Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'll be the first one to say, Guardians of the Galaxy had no business in any of the Avengers movies. Like, they were all pretty much wasted characters, other than the fact that it was cool when Groot's arm was um, Thor's axe handle. I would agree with that. Um, Gamora is I, pointless. It, were you also were you Avengers. also pissed when, uh, like, even though it was it was funny, but when Starler does a recap, he's like, ah, I kind of lost my shit. <laughs> and it's like it's like one of those things where like you're trying to redcon and be like, oh, they're trying to explain it away. Like, yeah, we know Starler acted like a jackass in Infinity War. Like he'd done messed up, but then he was like, he did a recap and it was very funny. It was well scripted and and um. Chris Pratt does an amazing job with the material. But it was kind of like, okay, you can't explain away what you did. Like, don't do that. Well, yes and no, but you have to remember, too, like, 
somebody else wrote those characters in those movies. It's not like James Gunn wrote all the Guardian stuff in those movies. So like the characters were put in situations and doing things that they he wouldn't have them do. And so like how how you make that flow, you have to kind of smooth it over in your own movie. Well, so maybe it was James Gunn just being like, it wasn't my idea kind yeah. of thing when Chris Pratt gave that speech, which is fine. And again, like, Infinity War is a fantastic movie. It is. And that was probably, I think, our biggest gripe that we had with it. It's like Star-Lord. But, like, at the end of the day, like, Star-Lord and Guardians 2 just starts shooting Ego because he's emotionally involved. Like, I didn't think it betrayed the character. Like, he was emotionally no. invested and he made a mistake, and characters can do that. But the, I guess my point was, it's not like, I don't feel like they did them dirty as much as like when you have the Avengers and all the superpowers that they have, Star-Lord doesn't have any. He has two guns. So like clearly... Well, no, he's also half god. That's why he could hold an Infinity Stone. But it doesn't do anything when they're actually fighting people. He has two guns and rocket boots. That's all he has. And he didn't even have the rocket boots in this one, which could have came in handy a couple times. Gamora has no superpower. She's good at fighting, but totally replaceable. Drax. No, but she's she's super she's super strong though, like endurable. Like, but again, compared to the Avengers, like Black Widow can fight as well. You have all the like Black Panther that's way stronger. Like she's strong, but not like superhuman. You know, Drax is strong, but not well, as well. Gamora was called the deadliest woman in the galaxy, and Nebula, like, like they're very dangerous and very, like, they're not like Harley Quinn, a psychologist with a with a mental illness. Like, yes, but you get my point. Like when you see them in the movie, like they don't add anything to the Avengers, actually. And so no, but it, but I am happy they had it, like because Gamora was Thanos' daughter. And he went for the Infinity Stones. It made sense. It why made they sense were. that they were in it. Like I'm not saying that they shouldn't have been in it, but like when I watched that, like to me, if you want to watch everything good about Guardians of the Galaxy, you watch the three movies. It's like, oh, do you need to watch Infinity Wars? It's like, well, it fills in. Well, a you're couple, gonna kind of like it fills in a couple plot Gamora. points, but it's it's not like oh, now I like the Guardians so much better. Like they didn't add anything to those movies. Those movies didn't add anything for them. Well. This is where you're like, this is a great trilogy. You pretty much have to watch Infinity War and Endgame to really get through. You do. Because why would Gamora be a different version? Like, you'd have no idea. It would completely like, hey, last time I saw them, Gamora fell in love with um, Star-Lord and that whole like, love thing going on. And now what? It's a different version? Like, you pretty much have to. And this happens with a lot of MCU trilogies. Like, Captain America. Did you watch all three? Yeah, but would you be able to appreciate Civil War without watching the Iron Man movies or the Avengers previous? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, but... Um, getting back to the Guardians. Really, I thought they did a good job with, with Rocket, obviously. The, the movie was centered around Rocket. Star Lord, I like. Which was a great, which there was a big story to tell there. Exactly, Absolutely. like that. It that, was a good. That carried the movie, and then to have, um, Mantis. Let's hold my water. Keep talking. Mantis really, like you talked about, really brought this movie as far as she act like she felt kind of like a tag along in Infinity Wars, where she, she felt a lot more like part of the whole 
whole bigger family in this one. Um, Nebula, um, I liked what they did with her character. Drax was pretty consistent within the other two as far as, like, I was fine with Drax. Groot, it was a different Groot, so again, the teenager. <laughs> um, no, and I, th I think we grew with Groot. And I think, like, I thought Groot, like, one of my favorite scenes in this film is, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but just remind me because I keep wanting to bring this up, but when Star-Lord actually had a plan, yeah. and the other people are like, we got to save him. He's like, you think I was going to get out of it? Like, that's so Guardians, and it was so well done. I'm like, this is like when he's like, like they, the high evolutionary pretty much got him bent over a barrel. He's like, it's not a trap. It's a standoff. <laughs> and then they just wreck him. Dude, that was so awesome. Yeah. Because you think that Star Wars kind of like that lovable idiot, but this time he's like, no, I have a plan. And then they get up the uh, uh, nebula, get on the ship, and they're like, we came to save you. Like, I already got off. Like, that's, that is Guardian's humor, and well done. It makes sense in the story. It didn't feel, like, disjointed, like, or it did, like, why are you making a jokey joke here? It makes sense, and I thought it was very well done. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. So, and also, I really enjoyed, like, the settings that they had. So, I like Counter-Earth. I like, I thought the whole, like, Rocket Origin setting was cool, like, um... Like the different scenes they had in the prison with the four of those animals. Like I thought, I thought there was a lot of a lot of stuff to like. Besides Adam Warlock, I don't feel like they did any of the characters dirty. I thought the high. No, and I think I think at the end you feel like you feel satisfied with the character arts and everyone that's been involved, and uh, that's a huge thing. The high evolutionary, I feel like, was the best Guardians villain, fairly easily. I really liked Ego. Um. I didn't. I didn't care for Ego. I thought Ego was just like every other Marvel villain. Because uh, the problem I have with most Marvel villains is it's an all or none. This guy wants to take over the galaxy. Okay, I know they're not gonna win. Like, oh, if if this person wins, life will cease as we know it. Okay, I bet they won't. Where like this guy? No, I think Ronan. I think Ronan is by far the weakest one. Yeah, and but I'm saying like when you're watching with. Ego, and it's like, oh, he's going to create a new universe. No, he's not. Where the high evolutionary, when it's like, oh, like, he's still alive, first of all. He didn't no, die. He, he, he definitely got toasted. No, he didn't die. There's a whole thing about it. He's dead. No, he's not. He didn't actually die, but... Do you want to bet that he does not show up in an MCU property again? Yeah, he will. 50 bucks. My wife said 50 bucks if we don't see him for 10 years. I don't know how long it'll be, but he'll be back. Well, we can't, what, am I supposed to claim the bet winning on your deathbed? You might. Hey, Cole. <laughs> no, the high evolution is great, and that's one of those things, like... But, my point okay, is, like... is he dead? Is he not? But I'm pretty sure he's dead. Either way, he could win, and he, like, he did, like, he destroyed that whole planet. Like, counter-Earth, he destroyed, destroyed everything. He could win, and it's not like you felt like, oh, like, things couldn't go on. That's, like, I hate villains where it's like, if they win, nothing is the same. And, like, obviously they couldn't because it's like, no, he could actually win, or he could continue what he's doing, and the whole universe would still work, and you would still have to beat him. Uh, that's one of the big gripes I had with uh, Rise of Skywalker is, like, when zombie Palpatine comes back, and it's like, 
I've amassed this huge thing. It's a final battle, all or nothing. It's like, okay, like, you took all the suspense out of anything. Like, there's no chance this guy could win. I thought the High Evolutionary was a much better, like, he would be a top-tier Marvel villain. Yes, and High Evolutionary, and this is one of the reasons why this movie works. Like, the scenes with Rocket, where he's like, oh, you thought you were going to be, like, you can tell he's trying to make a perfect society with a bunch of flaws. Like, I, I don't know the actor's name, but whoever played him absolutely nailed it. He's a guy from Peacemaker. I forget, yeah, I forget his name. Yeah, but he's like, he's like when he, well, do you remember that scene where, like, Rocket's in still in the cage? And he comes in, he's like, oh, he's off his meds. And he's like, how did you know? Like, his motivation made a lot of sense. Yeah. And and again, it wasn't an all or nothing. I, I agree with you. Like, it's like, villains, like, you don't have to, everyone doesn't have to be Thanos. And Ronan felt like a Thanos type, uh, a discount Thanos type villain. Like, I'm going to get the Infinity Story, then I will destroy everything. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy had the weakest villain. Ego. I love the connection between him and Peter Quill. Um, I love that. Like like he said, like I was trying to make the perfect thing, but I needed someone to do this with me. And then you have this one. This is by far the best villain in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, like the scenes, it's just a, it's the little things, the motivation. Like, it's like, oh, we've been trying to change his meds. And he's there, he's like, how did you know? Because he's like, he didn't even understand. Like, he's such a genius. He put a brain into Rocket. Rocket could figure out stuff quicker than he could, and he could. He, he didn't understand. He's like, "No, I created you. How? How are you smarter than me? How did you figure this out?" Like, it it screwed with him, and you felt that. You felt that it bothered him so, so much, and it made sense why he wanted to go hunt him down. He's like, because he was he was a success, but for him, he's like, "No, no, like I I need to find this guy." Like. Like, he's the secret. Like, I don't understand. Like, he went past my program. It was awesome. Those scenes with him, all the scenes with him are awesome. Yeah, and, like, he's a perfect villain as far as you don't like him. Like, <laughs> he punches no, he, puppies. No, he, punch, he pretty much punches babies, <laughs> metaphorically. Like, yeah, so he's this pun- dude, he does punch animals. He he's has killing a entire planet. in a wheelchair. He has no remorse. He's, like, been abusing one of the main characters, like, there was no point that you like at all like this guy, which then could drive the plot so much more because like you, you did have that suspense and you were invested in it. So yeah, I thought the villain villain was very good. The villain was great. Here's my problem. Rocket should have wasted him. Cause now you're saying he's alive. Rocket had a gun to his head. He finally got his redemption. He's like, I'm a guardian of the galaxy. Bitch, guardians of the galaxy have killed a lot of people. Why are you pulling your gun? Why are you pulling your punch at the very end? Dude. Kill this dude. He's horrible. Like, no one... This won't be like a Man of Steel thing where, like, he killed Zod. This is like, no, everyone would be okay with you wasting this dude. And they're trying to do a moment where it's like, no, because I'm a guardian of a galaxy. It's like, no, this is a really bad person and you should waste him right now. They should have had, like... If they were just going to be true to Guardians humor, they should have had Rocket do that, and then Drax just snap his neck in the background. Yeah, I was going to say, Drax, <laughs> Drax should be like, I took him out. <laughs> I pulled his spine out with my bare hands. Just do like, well, hey man, like I said, as far as PG-13, like, I, I, we all have young kids, and there's a point where I'm like, okay, what age do I want to start showing them the MCU? I'm going to start to finish. 
you're gonna have to wait a little bit for this one. <laughs> exactly. Like, like that scene where his like when they pull his skin back, which you kind of felt like that was the case. Like Rocket messed up his face and he just redid his face. Like you kind of felt that. But like again, that haunts my nightmares. They stuck on this dude. He was talking. And it just a bloody like it looked like Two Face if he had if his entire face looked like that, like yeah, it looked horrible. And I'm like, I sat there and I said, how the hell did they get a PG? How does this get past the rating system? This is like horror movie esque what they're showing me right now. Like Guardians of the Galaxy three, as much as I love my kids, you're gonna be at least a teenager before you see this one. <laughs> Agreed. Like this, this is like I can show you Iron Man. I can show you a bunch of them, but yeah, Guardians Three. You're gonna wait on that one <laughs> because this thing it, that would have scared the crap out of me as a kid. Okay, so what? How do you, how do you rate this movie with our new and updated alcohol with our, rating we, system? We're doing a new rating system. Comment if you like. Can you comment on our podcast? I don't even know. We're not on YouTube. Um. I was thinking about how I was going to rate this. Um, this is a movie I would define as Crown Apple. Really good. You don't need anything else with it. It burns a little bit at first, but it, Crown, like it has a really sweet taste to cover that, and it will carry you through. Yeah. So I, I rated a Crown Apple, like not the top, not the top shelf. This is not. Like, oh, I want to spend a bunch of money, but it's like, hey, you know what? I want a good drink. I want to enjoy something that has some sweet. It burns a little bit going down, but I definitely don't need to add anything else to it. See, and I'll rate this, I'll say like a, like a maker's mark going along with the whiskey. That's funny. I'm glad I used Crown Apple because uh, maker's mark was my second choice. <laughs> as far as, it's one of those where it's like, this is... Like, this isn't just like, oh, I just need a whiskey. Like, this isn't like, I'm just going to grab a black velvet and throw some Coke with it. Like, no, like, I'm going to, I'm going to go out, like, yeah. get a little, little nicer drink here. This is like, uh, one of like the, the better, better whiskeys you're just going to be able to in hand. Like, yeah. Yeah. And well, technically it's bourbon, but yeah, you're like, you're right. I, I think Baker's Mark is a great choice only because as well, like, it's like, like we were talking about the kids. This is something you need to be an adult to enjoy. Like, there's a very smoky, there's a charcoal in there. There's a mature content in Maker's Mart that you're drinking. Yep, you're not you're not going for the, the little wine cooler. Like, this is... This is yeah, no, like, this is not a Boone's Farm type movie. This is like, hey, I'm going to enjoy a Crown Apple. Like, it's got, like I said, the sweet stuff overtakes all the, all the darkness for me. But it's definitely smooth at the end of the day when it goes down. Yeah. So, um, that's Guardians Three now. So the question is, Cole, we got to do Wakanda Forever and Ant Man at some point. Yeah. Cause we're like, I feel like we're like at this point we're just an MCU Star Wars podcast, and I feel like we've been uh, slacking a bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that'll be coming up. That'll be coming up soon. Stay tuned. 